Small Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a company dedicated to helping all businesses with their people-related decisions. They do that by giving clients access to the best human capital, due diligence, and background checks available on prospective candidates, business partners, tenants, and more. To learn more, simply visit www.peopleg2.com. Today we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me here on a lovely Tuesday afternoon in Orange County, or if you're on the podcast, wherever you are and whatever the uh, weather is like. Uh, hope you're enjoying uh, tuning in here again. Again, my name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host for the next hour on this uh, radio show, the Talent Talk radio show. Uh, we have a real interesting lineup of guests today, a uh, newcomer and also one of my uh, very first guests has come back uh, for a repeat performance. And we've got some fantastic guests uh, planned for you throughout the entire uh, rest of the year and beyond, so we look forward to having you come back. Uh, in case this is the very first time, uh, this is usually my normal stick. I kind of fill everyone in if this is their first time on what's going on. Um, we really look to uh, have the show kind of you know, really tackle some of the, the key issues of talent management, leadership development, and company culture. So we really look at uh, the word talent in two different ways. The first is how talent in the business world is is looked at. And, you know, talent really has a couple of those different meanings. So first is it relates to success and how really talented people achieve success. We want to understand their secrets and kind of pull back the onion uh, one layer at a time and try to get some understanding there. And second is how talent relates to human resources and how HR leaders and coaches and everyone who's kind of in, in charge of helping people be their best, you know, find the best candidates for their companies and, and inspire and, and achieve those results they want. So this show really looks to explore those two areas, along with how talented individuals impact a company's culture. The guests that I have on the show, although are very, are really varied, they, they, you know, we classify them a little bit. It might, we have some CEOs, we sprinkle in some HR execs, some entrepreneurs, some coaches, some authors, and um, really just business leaders in this talent area from every industry you can think of. Um, what I love to do is have a, a conversation with someone at a networking event or a conference, and when I get to meet these inspiring leaders, I usually was the only one that got to hear all their great you know, advice and information. So I created this forum to allow you to listen in on our dialogue and hopefully learn some practical advice on how to cultivate talent, develop leaders, manage culture, and most importantly, impact your own career in a positive way. So I want to thank those of you who are tuning in live here every Tuesday. If you have a question uh, for one of my two guests coming up, you can always tweet them. You know, Just pop on the old Twitter, put in at PeopleG2, and pot- type in your question and finish it off with a hashtag talent talk, all one word, all together. And my producer, Mike, will feed me the best questions, and we'll try to work them into the show. You're also free to send us other suggestions, guest suggestions, anything else uh, that way, and we'll certainly get back to you. Don't forget, uh, you can also download a copy of the podcast on iTunes. You can also open up the iHeartRadio app. We're now syndicated with them. And uh, type in Talent Talk. And uh, join the other, uh, well, my producer's been very, very specific today, 221,721 people as of today who have been interacting with us. And we really appreciate uh, all of you doing that, listening to our, our little show here, and, and being a part of uh, the the kind of ongoing learning 
and talking about talent as a topic. So uh, let's go ahead and get today's show started, though. My first guest will be uh, Ed Adam, uh, Adamovich, excuse me, uh, founder and CEO of Total Package Professional Coaching, and uh, Jamie Latiano, Vice President of People and Culture at Renovate America. I look forward to speaking with Jamie here at the second half of the show, but let's go ahead and get to my first guest. Uh, Ed, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Chris. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, about your company, uh, Total Package Professional Coaching. began as a teacher coach, and that was on the field, the court and the diamond. Uh, I coached all three sports in high school, and actually with my first college opportunity at Tufts University, I coached all three there, too. Uh, I then morphed to the world of executive search. I did that for a number of years before being recruited uh, to the corporate world and ultimately became director of recruiting at a Fortune 100 company, EMC Corporation. Following that and what it is that I do now, I am a certified professional career coach. Happen to be one of only two in the state of Massachusetts. And I've been doing that for 12 years now. You know, along Total Package Professional Coaching, I founded because I believed there was a void in the world of professional coaching. Uh, we offer three basic offerings for career seekers. Those, these would be been college, soon to be college graduates, and possibly recent college graduates. Get them on the right career path. The second one I call the essentials package. This would be for individuals who have a pretty good sense of where they want to go, what they want to do with their careers. I would say they're grounded, but they have a vision for what it is they're going to do with their career life. And so we te- I teach the essentials to, quote, unquote, get after it. Uh, the third offering is for those who uh, don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And uh, strangely enough, this could be early career, mid-career. And I've actually had clients in their 50s that literally tell me they don't know exactly what they want to do. They've been uh, displaced, uh, rift, reduction in force, whatever it may be in their corporate life, and decide, I really don't want to do that anymore. It was good while it lasted, but I'd, I'd like to transi- transition to something else. And I delve deep into the life's signature values, uh, conditioned beliefs. Uh, I do a uh, program involving career goals, and most of my clients agree they've never had such a thing. So those are the three career seeker offerings. Now, along with that, I do some corporate consulting. This has to do a lot with what I created back at uh, EMC Corporation in terms of direct sourcing, cost per hire recruiting, uh, reducing the time to fill, etc. But I also do something that not very many do, and I call it career agent. That happens to be uh, really a take 
on what a sports agent might do for a professional athlete. Take them to the marketplace. I present them in a very confidential manner uh, to help grow their career. Some uh, would like to move on. Others would just like for me to present them to chairman of the board, uh, C-level professionals in order to uh, help grow their careers. Basically, that's what we do. Well, that's quite a lot, but I uh, really appreciate the in-depth uh, kind of explanation. Now, you know, being a professional coach, as you mentioned, you are now uh, 2000 and, uh, 2003. Uh, the understanding of coaching and the recognition of coaching you know, has definitely evolved over time, and it's become you know more of an acceptable practice uh, for every level of leadership. So, what sort of changes have you seen, you know, since beginning your company? Well, uh, I would say the growth, uh, the number of professional coaches uh, out there have increased since 2003 by tenfold. Along with that, corporations have fondly embraced the concept and have either hired full-time staff or possibly outsourced this specialty depending on their needs, depending on the corporate mission, uh, but ultimately they have found that uh, executive coaching, coaching mid-managers, even individual contributors, ultimately contributes to overall business entity success. So it really has grown in the last 12 years, and hey, I'm just along for the ride, Chris. Well, and the other interesting thing you mentioned was starting off you know, as a, as a coaching college football and I think looking at your background you even served as a scout uh, for the NFL so you know how have those types of roles really you know helped form or, or influence the way you approach executive coaching if at all well it, a great deal uh, if anyone that knows me knows all of the information whether it be in my website uh, in my three books that I've recently authored uh, it's a it's an athlete or mostly football mentality that helps me through it, it I'm basically a teacher have always been but my style happens to be all about a contrarian approach that said, it's getting to decision makers. I teach my clients how to do that, and when they get there, to deliver the goods. Uh, one of the things I do when I teach interview training uh, is that th this thing I call the red zone interview strategy, and it's unique, somewhat simply stated, it's matriculating up the field to the till you get to the opponent's twenty yard line. In other words, you score the interview, you secure the interview. But then it's about how to s score the offer. And in it, I teach my clients how to compart compartmentalize the the actual interview. Most clients, most career seekers, when they leave an interview, get concerned about, gee, should I have said this, should I have done that? This is kind of a bucket list 
of the interview process. So you get to that 20-yard line, you want to get in the end zone and score a touchdown, get your six points. Mostly, I teach the confidence factor in clients that when they leave that interview, they will have done everything in their power to score that offer. Obviously, it's not up to them, but they do end up being able to control the interview. By the way, if they can't score the six, I do a little thing called my field goal philosophy, and I teach them how to get three points out of the interview that really wouldn't happen if you just, for example, sent a resume at a phone interview or all. Uh, it's an interview strategy that has borne fruit. Most of my clients find their opportunities in about one-third the time it takes if they were out there on their own. Well, that's an interesting concept. So even if you can't get exactly what you want as the long-term thing, if, if there's still some opportunities to have some other gains, right? And using that football analogy, if we can't get a touchdown, we can at least get three points out of it and get something on the board and, and move the ball a little bit or get closer to that overall victory. So that's a, it's an interesting way to think about it. Um, and you know, sometimes in, I've done some stuff around negotiations and coaching of that, and you know, it's, you have your big goal. What we sometimes call the Jim Collins is called the BHAG, right? The big hairy audacious goal. What is, what are you going for? But you got to have some other subset of goals. If you can't achieve that, then what can you achieve? And uh, I think it's a fantastic way to kind of remind people that it's not all or nothing or black or white. You, it, there's a lot of gray in there, and that tends to be how a lot of successful people continue to be successful because they can find ways to have achieved and success in many different ways, even if it's not just one giant, you know, it's not winning the lottery or some major event. It's a lot of little events that kind of pile up over time. Is, it, is that kind of how you have, you've seen a lot of people operate over, over the years? Well, that's well said, and it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, you'd like to score the touchdown, score an offer, hopefully to be accepted. But the idea is, at least for my clients, is to score multiple offers so they can be in the catbird seat. But again, failing to do so, you want to be able to continue the networking process. Usually you're interviewing with people uh, either at the hierarchy level in professional associations that know many other people. One of the... Uh, that I provide for this field goal philosophy is, you know, carry your notepad, uh, something to write with, and ask that person, assuming it doesn't go well, and usually they won't let you know that during the first interview, but down the road if it happens, you want to make sure that you use that connection to your advantage. So rather than asking, gee, if you know anybody out there that happens to be looking for an opportunity, let me know. You know, Chris, you don't hear from those people. What you want to do is ask something very specific like, so how many decision makers, kind of people I'd, I'd like to meet with, do you routinely uh, interact with in a week? It could be three. It could be 33. Depends. Just ask specifically for who they are and names, if you can get phone numbers, great, at least email addresses. And that builds your network. And you'd be surprised at the answers you get. And if you're astute enough to take it all down, you're obviously going to ask that individual if you can use their name as a ref just to refer them to the phone call. And then you're off to the races. And I've had clients get on one phone call as many as a dozen or 15 
names, uh, phone numbers, email addresses. This is how you build that networking process. I mentioned briefly, I won't belabor the point, but I do have three books out in the market. Uh, the first one happens to be Go Beyond Networking and Score an Opportunity in the Hidden Job Market. And his field goal philosophy is a, is a great way of doing that. It's about getting to decision makers directly. I often say to clients, yes, you do want to post for opportunities on job boards, on uh, resumes at xyzcompany.com, but do that on the weekend. Do it before 8 a.m., do it after 6 p.m., but from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. during the five business days, you want to talk to someone who can hire you or someone who knows someone who can hire you. That's time well spent. And uh, again, pretty simple, but it works. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if we kind of maybe shift uh, from the you know, from the candidate side here, the person that you're helping uh, from the recruiting or coaching side, but look at you know the the companies that these people are going into, and you know we're, we we certainly see or have a lot of people talk to us about some of the challenges that they're facing. Uh, with their leaders, you know, sometimes it's culture management, strategic management. It might just be a development problem uh, or something completely different. So, have you seen any sort of patterns or you know common things that come up in those companies that you're kind of interacting with in their challenges around you know having good leaders in their organizations? Well, uh, obviously, it's extremely important. I would say all of those issues are uh, critical to overall company success. But from my perspective and from my background, the number one issue has always been and will always be talent acquisition, whether it was when there was great demand and little supply, and as it is today, great great supply and very little demand. It's talent acquisition. Now, uh, in my roles in corporate America, you're right. Culture management, strategic management, development, talent development, also critical. In my role, I had turned those things over to the HR professionals. Uh, I've always had a great relationship with those folks. I don't and never have done what it is that they do. Talent acquisition has been my forte. I simply turn over the, uh, let's say, more uh, involved human relations management, compensation benefits, uh, organizational development, all very critical. Honestly, I've had over the years very little to do with that. And again, fortunately, have worked with some outstanding human resources professionals. That, by the way, the, the, the ones I know and the, the ones I'm close with have a bottom line business orientation to them. It isn't just about employee relations, uh, you know, satisfaction and motivational surveys. They address the bottom line of these businesses. And those are folks I respect. And again, as I say, I've had mentors in those areas, have worked very well with them. Once, Once we can hire the right people the first time, I let them do their thing. 
Well, and, and are there any specific things that some of those people are talking? I mean, do they consistently tell you, hey, I really need someone in this role, in this man- management role that, you know, is an effective communicator or can inspire yeah. people or be a good mentor? I mean, are, are there certain things that, you know, if you could if you could build the perfect candidate, they would have these certain criteria that, you know, people can sure. start thinking about? Yes. The uh, <laughs> Forgive me for this, but my second book... <laughs> which is entitled The Competency Connection, uh, has to do with competency-based behavioral interviewing. And I would say most companies now are doing some form of this. This is about uh, uh, choosing usually anywhere from four to six behavioral competencies. Uh, my recruiting teams have always have always focused on questions, usually the how question, that have revealed uh, a behavioral background, track record, etc. So competencies, the ones most uh, standard in human resources these days have to do with initiative, drive, uh, we, you mentioned culture management. That particular one has to do with cross-functional behavior. Uh, in, my, in, in my terminology, I refer to it as teamwork. There is this thing in this day and time, culture fit. Uh, companies can't afford attrition. The cost of attrition is very high these days. Companies spend endless resources to prepare their employees to be successful. Now, initiative drive, cross-functional behavior, others. In, in, in my book, The Competency Connection, I go through 11 individual uh, contributor competencies and ultimately six uh, mid-management, director, or executive-level competencies. And companies that adhere to competency-based behavioral interviewing will interview for it, they will hire to it, they strive for it, and, and the human resources professionals assist with, you manage toward it. So ultimately that talent management piece, again, assuming you have the right person, you've hired the right person for the first of all, ultimately the management thereof is critical. So company, I find companies that recruit for it, hire for it, and manage for it are the most successful. Yeah, I can't agree with you more than that. I mean, that's uh, well said, and, you know, it's um, really, it's it's nothing new, but it certainly seems to be coming, it's something that companies are talking about more, I think, openly about some of those challenges they're having in that area. And one of the other areas they're talking about openly is whether it's fear or concern or some adjustment that's trying to be made towards the millennial generation entering in the workforce and of course right now we have five generations some are kind of using that number five in the workforce and all having to get along and play together and and there's definitely some challenges so you know as it relates to some of the things that you're doing from a coaching perspective do you, do you see any challenges or concerns and you know will will the millennial generation i just say the if we take a very typical uh, perspective of, of, of a person walking in the door that might be in there and uh, you know, do you think they would respond to the things that you're talking about and doing with them, or do you think there's going to be some adjustment by coaches with that generation as they become more, you know, closely aligned with a coach? Well, I'll answer it this way. I, I've been, since my days as a college coach, 
I've been coaching, uh, whether it's Gen X, Gen Y, and now it's millennials, and, I, and I've had many as clients. So I like to think that even they weren't called the millennials then, but it, it was extremely similar to what is going on now. Yes, they're challenging. I would say their goals and expectations are somewhat different. So I do adjust my method slightly, you know, per their needs. But uh, this is one important point, and I most enjoy uh, clients that are interested in what I phrase to be a rewarding and purposeful career life. I have best, my best successes are for those. And, and I'll tell you, it's no different from the folks I coached in college, you know, 30 years ago or of millennials out there. The key ingredient again is their desire for a meaningful rewarding uh, life, make a difference kind of life, and categorize those people as coachable. So yes, there are challenges, but if I can get them out of their comfort zone and get them to agree that it's about their future, their their career life, we have we have great success. So minor adjustments, but not major. And we're uh, getting close here to the end of the interview, but uh, I wanted to make sure we ask you one of our favorite questions. And you mentioned uh, two of your uh, three books that you you do have out, uh, so I know you you appreciate a good book. Um, but I'm wondering if there's somebody else's book that maybe you're reading right now that you might share with our audience. Well, I'm uh, near finished it, but I'm reading 41 uh, about our 41st president, George Herman Walker Bush. Uh, it's funny, uh, I have uh, two adult men, and uh, last Christmas, one gave me 41 and one gave me the uh, W's book, and I chose to read 40, just my own preference to read 41 first and then hear more about that, but these are these were people I admire, the uh, uh, really subtle intricacies of their personal lives and how they grew into great leaders and it's uh, to be honest reading about 41 uh, being a war hero and all of that they were gripping uh, that that book is gripping I can't I couldn't put it down and I'm anxious to get on to read more about W uh, albeit though there <laughs> may be some folks out there that would uh, disagree with my politics on it but to me it's fascinating and a little twist of history well good then certainly uh, some books to check out if you have an interest in those you know, Ed, how can people uh, learn more about you or reach out to you if they're interested in your services or what your company is all about? Uh, website uh, is Total Package Pro Coach, all one word, totalpackageprocoach.com. Easily, there's a, uh, there's an 800 number to my uh, toll-free number for the office, whatever. I, I'm pretty good about responding to emails all of the information and a good uh, description of our services, uh, what we offer uh, to, again, career seekers, corporations, 
or executive level professionals in that career agent model. It's all there, and I would welcome anybody uh, of your 210,000 plus podcasters to uh, give a holler, say hello. That would be great. Well, fantastic. Ed, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate you having on the show, and uh, maybe we'll have you come back at some point, maybe when you write that fourth book, and uh, get an update from you. We're working on book number four, but it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. All right. Up next is Jamie Latiano, who will join me after this quick commercial break. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. As a reminder, if you have a question for my next guest, you can send it to at PeopleG2 on Twitter. Use that hashtag Talent Talk. Send us any of your questions, comments, or suggestions, and we're happy to to take a look. Don't forget, you can go to TalentTalkRadio.com, listen to all the past episodes. You can open up the podcast app on your Apple device, type in Talent Talk, and listen to all the past shows. And you can also go to iHeartRadio and get all the shows there as well. So whatever device you're on, there's an app there for you. Love to have you listen to the show uh, while you're in the car or at soccer practice with the kids or whatever you're doing. Find someone who's interesting to you and uh, listen to the interview and let us know what you think. So uh, my next guest is uh, Jamie Latiano. She is a return guest. Uh, She's now uh, the Vice President of People and Culture for Renovate America. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice uh, back here. It's been, I don't know, maybe two years or something like that since you've been been on, on the show. So welcome back. Thanks. I'm really happy to be back. So uh, actually, maybe it's closer to a year, but anyways, it feels like it might have been two. Exciting things have happened for you, you know, since you've been on. So clearly, this was the catalyst to that that change. Uh, we were your, your good luck charm. I'm just going to take credit. Um, I give you all the credit. Absolutely, I'm, I'll take it. But tell us a little bit about your new company, your new role, and what you're doing. It's really exciting, and I appreciate the t- opportunity to talk about it. So, property assessed clean energy, which is uh, known as PACE legislation, was 
California to address a problem uh, with conventional financing products uh, that hasn't been solved by the conventional financing products. Each year, more than 20 million of the 135 million homes in the U.S. will have systems replaced that affect energy or water consumption. This includes things like uh, heating and air conditioning, windows, roofs, and water heaters. And most people are dealing with that because those products that they have are failing. Um, unfortunately, the majority of homeowners still select the least efficient due to perceived uh, cost constraints, and they don't take into account the total cost of ownership when energy or water savings are factored in. PACE was created to provide homeowner options that lower barriers for them to invest in energy and water conservation. So PACE finances 100% of the home investment or improvement for the useful life of the product up to 20 years. And that improvement stays with the property. So upon sale, any um, remaining balance can be transferred to the new owner. Uh, the community also benefits from this program. So um, since 2011, Renovate America's version of PACE, which is called the HERO program, has financed more than $900 million in improvements to more than 40,000 homes just in California. And that's pumped more than $1.5 billion into local economies in our state, creating more than 7,500 local jobs, which is really great news for all of us and for the real estate industry. As VP of Culture, People and Culture for Renovate America, my role is really to help scale the organization while ensuring that we they are to our core values and our culture. My team and I are bringing innovative solutions that deliver a scalable and flexible, high-performing team and ensure that we have a work environment, leadership team, and total rewards programs that both makes and keeps um, RA as a top employer of choice among top talent. So you're going to find a way to solve the water crisis. That's what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Helping people Love it. You know, make a difference in the community while improving their own quality of living. I'm waiting for the day that they tell us that, I don't know if you know, like when you turn your shower on, it stays cold for a really long time, and there's actually some something in there on purpose so that kids <laughs> don't burn themselves. Your bathtub will turn hot right away, but your shower it takes a few minutes for it to actually start pumping hot water. And I found out recently that's intentional, right? So well-intended, but instead you end up wasting all that water. So I'm waiting one oh, day for water. them to start, you know, mandating that those had to be switched out or something, you know, that water wasted. But anyways, I digress. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you're in this, this new role, um, and, and, and really with, with a great company. I've had the privilege of being down there to visit you at the building and kind of some great energy there. And um, you started back in December of 2014. So, you know, you, you've had some time now to kind of start to to digest the role and what the company is up against, uh, good and bad, um, from a growth standpoint. So what are some of the challenges that you've, you're starting to face um, as you've kind of walked into this position? Um, it's all good challenges, but you can imagine we're on a really dramatic growth trajectory. We went from 28 employees in 2012 to about 500 today um, with a target of over 1,000 by the end of next year. So the uh, the growth is fast pace, and it's all kind of the good problems to have. But with that uh, in dynamic, it's an incredible business success. Some of the biggest challenges that I've faced have really been um, things that now I'm kind of the most proud about. So learning quickly to understand our business objectives and the priorities was really the first thing that was important so that I could prioritize our efforts around people and culture aligned with our business priorities. And secondly, uh, determining, and you've been part of this, but, but determining a talent strategy, talent acquisition strategy um, that would deliver on our aggressive workforce plan, mm-hmm. uh, really of going over 300% in one year, compromising either the quality of talent or our cultural competencies. That was really my immediate focus. How do some of those 
you know, you're in a completely different role, at least from where I'm standing, to where we were last time you were here, and we were with Talus um, Avionics. I'm saying that correctly, right? Because I always want to say yep. Thales, but it's Talus, right? It's a French Talus, company. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in, in that being a very established, long, you know, kind of been around a long time organization who's maybe gross goals or more, you know, si- simple or stagnant, to being in this sort of, you know, high growth, um, very challenging but exciting, you know, marketplace. So, uh, uh, can you maybe categorize some of those differences in the, in the roles? Talus was also, the division uh, in the U.S. and with in-flight entertainment was also going through substantial transformation, uh, which was really a significant part of my role there. But um, the difference really is the pace of growth, uh, which Renovate America, which requires decisive decision-making, well-planned but flexible strategy because you're dealing with you know, lots of incoming data, um, whether it's market changes, environmental changes, just new opportunities that, that the company uh, gets to take advantage of or make sure we deliver on. Uh, and so you have to have the ability to really drive huge signif- initiatives all at one time. So, for example, we're hiring at an incredible pace. We're also implementing first ever HRMS system, uh, which is Workday. We're implementing organizational leveling, compensation banding, adding to our benefit offerings, building out a development framework to support all levels of the organization, creating our employer brand, building a social media presence, and lots more. And, you know, at Talus or other large organizations, HR teams might pick two or three of these kinds of initiatives to complete over one year, whereas due to the pace of our growth and, and company success, we're doing this all at one time. Right, you're just uh, in there biting off uh, as much as anyone will let anybody chew, and then that's uh, <laughs> and that's the fun part of being in that type of organization is in that kind of growth. I mean, that's uh, for some people maybe that wouldn't be fun, but to me that sounds like really exciting and, and interesting and uh, something I would want to be building. Yeah, yeah, it's it that's, that's kind of the, the good stuff. Now, you know, you've mentioned it a little bit, uh, and and on your LinkedIn profile, you, you kind of talked about it, but. What does a scalable, flexible infrastructure look like? I mean, sort of describe that in, in, in some of the aspects of the company, especially when you're looking um, for plans for continuing to to sustain this, right? So you're in this mode now, but you know, how do you sustain that in, in that sort of, you know, overall framing? Uh, so we're building, you know, what based on the data that we have and as much as we can forecast uh, what the business is going to need going forward. But I would say that the most critical things that anybody that we're bringing into the organization now needs to have is is kind of adaptability because even though we have a great handle on, you know, our strategic plans and where we're going and our geographic expansion and new products that we're delivering to the market, there's so much opportunity that we, there's no way, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. So having the ability to adapt to make sure that we um, can deliver on all the opportunities that are presented most important things. And so for us in creating, you know, we need this. We're starting to be big, right? We're at 500 employees. We have brought in incredible talent. I mean, I uh, <laughs> I joke with some of my other HR leaders that are friends and, and say, you know, today I talk to people out of the White House, people, current NFL players, and people from the top companies in Silicon Valley that all want to come work for Renovate America. And they laugh because they're all talking about, quote, unquote, how to win the war on t- we have the opposite problem. People want to be here because they know it's a great place to work. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're 
Yeah, that's exciting. No, it's uh, that you have that kind of talent coming in, and it doesn't hurt that your corporate headquarters are in San Diego, where the weather, weather is always pretty pretty good. So that that always helps with recruitment. The quality of life here is amazing, and uh, once people come, they they hesitate to leave. So because I I'm fortunate enough to kind of pop around the the, the country from time to time, speaking about culture, I absolutely love that you have culture as a part of your title that really is something you're focused on and and that the organization has recognized as something that really needs to be focused on so it's one of those things that i'm just kind of wondering as you look to move into your position uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about the culture there and what works and and what you'd like to maybe even see created or added on uh you know over time to the culture I uh, feel extremely fortunate uh, to be to have joined Renovate America, and I'm super proud of the team. The culture here has been um, really protected by the people who have helped grow the business. And so when I came in, the culture and the engagement levels were already really high. Our employees have voted us as the best place to work in San Diego, and our engagement surveys, our overall engagement was at 97%. Quite frankly, I had never seen. So I came into a great situation and was really about how do we maintain this culture and this work environment and this kind of energy that you really feel when you come into the building as we grow. We really believe it's kind of core to who we are, as you as you indicated. It's a holistic approach rather than you know specific initiatives uh, to address issues. It's really more about how do we operate overall. You know, we do really fun things like hold in the form of happy hours and we provide lunch daily for all of our employees which really fosters our environment of collaboration. The leadership team is 100% committed to collectively living our core values which is something that permeates through the organization and people really identify with. So those are the things that that we've been doing and that I look to do as we as we grow. Some of the things that are pretty important to, to keeping that is um, infusing um, those aspects of our culture across all of our talent programs, so whether it's talent acquisition, development, career paths, career growth, communications, those kinds of things, making sure that there's it's interwoven. It's not, like I said, a, something layered on that we try to achieve. Um, and also making sure that we hire people who align with that culture and who are going to help further it uh, rather than you know disrupt it. All right, absolutely. Well, I, you know, typically our past experiences will influence us and, you know, kind of inform us on the way we approach the next opportunity, right? So uh, you've had some pretty good uh, opportunities in the past. I think if you're with Ingrid Micro previously and then with Talos. So um, I don't have your whole resume uh, memorized, but I'm, I'm sure there's even some other little interesting tidbits there, along with, you know, your work. You've, you've been a professor uh, and teaching others in HR. So how have some of these past experiences really played into this, you know, I think, and how you're being uh, successful in your role now? I consider myself very fortunate to have built a really robust toolbox with uh, some amazing organizations and to have worked with leaders to be able to learn from both ones that I want to emulate and ones that I don't. I think the um, prior you know, experiences really just helped build that kind of deep knowledge to then draw on in working at Renovate America with our culture of kind of transparency, trust, and innovation. I'm able to leverage you know, that experience to help build something 
creative and innovative that's really going to be differentiating for us here at Renovate America. And that's what keeps me, you know, excited every day coming to work because we get to work with other people who have had really amazing experiences either in their own companies or working for great organizations to collaborate and brainstorm and come up with really cool programs that are going to make a difference not only for the success of the organization but in the day-to-day experience of everyone who works with us. Probably the best part of, of my job here at Renovate America is being able to have the room to kind of use the the technical skills but build something that you've never seen. And on top of that, on a, on a personal note, I think uh, it might be interesting for people to know. I mean, you're in this new role. Uh, you had to, to move, pick up from Orange County, go to San Diego. You've recently gotten married. You've done all that, and it seems like you've been pretty successful so far. So, you know, is there some something or someone in your past that you, you, know, you think kind of really contributes to being that strong person that you are today? Hmm. I, I think it's a collective um, experience. I've had really amazing mentors and friends and leaders who just really help me kind of formulate my own personal values around career and family and what's important. And for me personally, it's it's to look. We have lots of choices in how we spend our time, um, and you know I chose to spend my time doing things that I enjoy. So whether it's work or personal, and you know, I, I have the opportunity to do lots of great things, but for me, working somewhere that I feel really passionate about and aligned with the purpose, you know, a purpose-driven organization making a difference for individuals and communities and the environment. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I'm very grateful to all the people who have kind of taught me how to balance being successful in a career and having kind of that life integration so that you can feel like you're able to give uh, 100% on kind of all fronts. Yeah, yeah. Generally, we find that uh, people like you that we admire that are out there doing a great job in HR are also avid readers or lifelong lifelong learners. And I know I'm currently reading a book that I'm loving called Super Better, but I'm wondering uh, if you are reading something right now you might share with our audience. I am. I'm reading a, a book called Broadcasting Happiness by Michelle Galen. And really, uh, it's a, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but it's about um, having a consciousness and how we communicate to be positive and create happiness in the relationships around us. And it's really about that being conscious. So, you know, whether you're someone who's the half, oh, the glass is half empty or the glass is half full, being conscious in how you word things and, and being aware of how that um, influences people around you. Um, I really enjoy it. So it, the title is The Science of Igniting and Sustaining Positive Change, uh, Broadcasting Happiness. Well, it's a fantastic concept. Um, I generally will in any of my talks bring up the the concept of positivity and that being such a huge important role on companies and as you started to kind of talk about there the wording is really important i will challenge people to just say yes to your people find a way to say yes now it might be yes and or yes but and it might be pretty impossible to achieve what they're asking you but you can find a way even if there's a asterisk on there or a caveat to it to say yes instead of just saying no can't do it by you know and, and brushing them off uh, it adds a whole level uh, a whole kind of shift you know if, if you're willing to listen you're willing to say yes to somebody even if there's a lot of obstacles in the way it can add a lot of dynamic to the conversation and, and, and really, I think, helps people become better managers very quickly. 
Yeah, there's actually science behind it, too, um, with positive psychology and neuroscience. It shows that even small shifts in the way that we communicate um, can have big impacts, really, on the outcomes. It's, it's pretty impactful, and whether it's this book or, or something else around it, I think it's, it's definitely something we should be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a lot of great things today, and I'm wondering if you were to summarize any of the wonderful things you said. What 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 should be the one or two big takeaways that someone listening to this program should should remember? Well, I appreciate everyone's time, and I hope that certainly the message of Renovate America being employer of choice, one of the the best places to work in San Diego, would be something that people would take. Whether you're looking at you know your HR career and how you want to build out work life balance or build culture within a, a growing organization, I'm happy to be a reference for people or resource. But you know. The fact that Renovate America is is growing, uh, is cr- contributing great things to our or to our communities and to individuals and our partners. Those are the things that I'd really hope someone would take away. So, how can people learn more about Renovate America if they're, you know, maybe they're interested in a job or maybe they're interested in your products and solutions? Um, what's the best way for them to do that? So our corporate uh, website is www.renovateamerica.com. And if you're interested in careers, you can go to www.renovateamerica.com slash careers. All of our jobs are posted there. You can apply right online. You can learn more about our robust benefits package. We, not only, In addition to lunch, which I think I already mentioned, we pay 100% for our employee benefits. Um, and it's a great time to to join the team because you can really contribute in a broad way to our growth and success. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for coming back and being on the show again. Uh, I always tell people we'd love to have them come back, and, and that's especially true for you. So uh, thank you for coming, and hopefully we'll we'll get the next update from you in a year or two uh, on how your company's doing. Forward to it, Chris. Thanks so much for the opportunity, and look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Be sure to tune in uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, next Tuesday, October 13th. My guest will be Paul McGillicuddy, uh, president of Paul McGillicuddy LLC. I'm not sure I could have said that name correctly if it wasn't for I Love Lucy. But um, And uh, Sean Utterback, uh, chief uh, experience officer for the Playstorming Group LLC. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to the Town Talk Radio Show brought to you by People G2. 